Welcome to the Draft Doctors Podcast. Your home of weekly draft content. Now here's Steve, Jono, Cam, and the Statesman. G'day everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Draft Doctors. I'm your host, Stevie Fears. Very exciting show. This is the one everyone wants to hear. It's Stato's Under 20, 22 Under 22, the show he ripped off. That's why it's half decent. (laughs) Unless you're Steve Allen, you're stealing my bit. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, we're talking about the best 22 fantasy players under the age of 22. So we won't be talking about any. Adelaide Crows. <laughs> uh, not Adelaide Crows at the right. Well, it's the right state of secret formula, uh, so who knows? Yeah, yeah. No, there's one that snuck in just quietly. Sorry, Steve. If you told oh, me yeah. beforehand, I could have removed him. That's right. I remembered everyone telling us last year how shit Luke Jackson was. <laughs> Luke Jackson was out, and Caleb Poulter was like number two or something like that. So. Yeah, I think what Caleb is- Poulter was 16 last year. Um Interesting enough, uh, he just didn't get games this season, so he's he's dropped right off the radar just quietly, uh, Carla Poulter. But um, let's get into it. So the formula um, is quite detailed, and we've stuck with the same formula now. I think this is our sixth year of actually running this. So we should um, – what I might do is organise a little bit of an article and, and release – uh, who were the top 10 over those six years. I, I reckon we'll have a couple of failures because I reckon Fiorini would have been um, pretty close to the to the top in his second year, if you remember. He scored, I think he might have been his second game, 162 against Port Adelaide. Um, so his data was, was right up. So this is data-based, and the way I do it is um, um, use – I won't give all the secure – um, a secret formula or away, but we evaluate uh, their average from the previous season, their career average, their games, and their games are divided by how many times that they've had a higher score. Now, we'll say higher score because it includes the year 2020 when the, the quarters were shortened. Um, so, obviously, we considered uh, an 80 a tonne uh, at that time, um, we count games, so we count ceiling games, which is over 120 as well. Uh, we do have a bit of equalization, so we look at growth, so the potential growth of what their uh, potential high scoring will be when they hit their career peak. Uh, we give them uh, additional points with their age, so the younger they are, the, the more um, additional points they get and they get a positional increase if they're not a midfielder. So we'll go through the uh, 22, uh, under 22, and I'll just quick call out to three players uh, that missed this year in being Jeremy Sharp, who is one I, I think uh, that might perform quite well if you listen to our Black Bookers show uh, Caleb Poulter, who, if he gets back in the team and has that good role, might find himself back in the 22 the following year. And one person I'm very confident will actually be high on the list uh, next year is Tanner Bruin, who is obviously talking about uh, moving to greater opportunities. So he's still got another 12 months in this list through the criteria. So moving to 22 
uh, was a player that had a mini breakout this year, especially early in the season. It's Jake Bowie, or as Dossie would say, Bowie, <laughs> um, who obviously, if we remember when uh, Salem was out, uh, got himself that plum roll and uh, looks for the pluck plus sixes, so he got a nice big ton early in the season. But he's sitting at 22, defensive opportunities there, understanding there are a few mouths to feed at Melbourne, but he's certainly one player that finds space well. Yeah, as you said, like I think his first 10 or 12 games was all undefeated, uh, including the grand final. Um, played in that, as you said, it's all about opportunity for Bowie because we saw in the back half of the year, um, he was playing in the Resies. He was playing down in Casey there. So Salem came back, uh, lost his spot, and again, as you said, mouths to feed. But he's certainly one to keep on the radar. I mean, he's a good backup for um, Salem. How long Salem got left? Not, not actually sure how old Salem is. I'd say probably twenty eight, twenty nine. Uh, body issues. So love it. Only plays at night time. Can't play during the day or in the summer because he is a ginger. But um, that's probably why he he had an he had an incredible record there. So I think Melbourne won uh, from memory the first six or seven games, and they were sitting ten. On they won the first the, ten games. The ladder. There you go. And so he played the first ten, and actually played uh, his games last year as all winning games. Mm. So I think he went through his first sixteen, seventeen games of his career all wins, which is quite incredible. Um, so moving on, someone that um, uh, caused a bit of a ruckus because he didn't make this list last year. Well, he makes it this year, but he only makes it at 21. And we're talking about Luke Jackson. Now, we need to understand that Luke Jackson has now played 47 games, but has only scored two tons. Now, obviously, um, this year he's sort of made uh, another big step forward but we must acknowledge that that has predominantly been when Max Gorn is out, injured, um, or struggling a little bit in the ruck. So his role as forward ruck um, seems to be a role that might continue for the most of his career. And if he does make the move to Fremantle, when you've already got Meek, you've already got Big Boy, um, it's going to be interesting to see whether he's a forward ruck or a ruck forward. So Sean Darcy has played uh, a little bit deep forward when Luke Meek is playing, so it'll be interesting to see how he goes. But only two tonnes out of 47 games. Um, his uh, average for this year was 71. His career average is 63. So he's still a little bit light on data, but we know his potential. Yeah, and that's right, Sato. It's all about potential and just waiting for that number one role. I think he's going to be a, a tough week-to-week owner. Yes, he'll give you some scores, but um, other times he'll just, you know, flop, unfortunately, and that's kind of the nature of the, the forward ruck. And, and if he's moving to Fremantle, it's hard to see that changing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but if he does one day get the number one ruck, he's just shooting up everyone's um, uh, draft boards. Yeah, absolutely. So next up uh, is a young fella, and there's two here from uh, this club. At number 20 is Connor McDonald. Um, highly talented, big-time ball user. Uh, he gets some bonuses because of his position, his youth, 
and his uh, potential, but he's certainly shown enough data-wise in the first year that he's going to be a good, good player in that midfield long-term for Hawthorne. That's Connor McDonald. I haven't actually seen a lot of this guy play. I mean, I've seen the scores, but I've never actually seen how he positions up in that midfield. So um, I might have to jot him down as my another black booker going forward, but um be interesting to see how Sam Mitchell deploys them going forward and how that midfield mix is going to work. Yeah, absolutely. Number 19 um, is a boy that uh, we're really interested to see whether he's going to be a great fantasy player or just a really good footballer, and that's Jason Horn francis He's had a couple of spikes this year that looked really impressive, uh, but whether he's going to have that massive ceiling is the big question. So just 17 games so far, but some impressive signs. Yeah, he's a really tough one for mine. Uh, I'm not sure what to do there because it doesn't look like he's going to get that immediate uh, bulk midfield role at, at North Melbourne. So, you, yeah. You, Super you coach star, I think. He's going to be a slow burn, isn't he? So, He'll be a slow burn. Yeah, and I mean, even talk already of um, uh, interview with him after the Clarkson appointment. He sort of said, yeah, we've had a chat. You know, I'm feeling confident, but he sees me having a different role. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of questions at North Melbourne. He just needs to go back to Adelaide in a couple <laughs> of years when they piss off these old boys and he just runs the show. But he he, he looks to me as if he's going to be more of a alt-right player than um, yeah. uh, the sort of liberal socialists. Yeah. Well, I, well, that's where the money is. For our new listeners, that's Supercoach v AFL Fantasy. Um, moving on to number 18. Now, we'll say I'm really hot on 17 and above. Uh, number 18 here really had a blinder season the following uh, the, the previous season. Not so good this year, only averaging 65. Um, but he has given us four tonnes out of his 52 games and two massive ceiling games uh, in that time. So he's given us a tonne every 13 games so far. And that's Lachlan Ash. Lucky Ash, the man of many positions. We've seen him off the half-back on a wing, inside mid, tagging. I think it's going to be down to um, old iron, iron biceps there, Kingsley of where he's actually going to be best deployed because um, he had the defender mid status. Um, he's, he's an interesting one. He's going to be a really interesting one going forward. I'm more chips in on Ash than a lot of others. Um, you just see time and time again, these guys who get schooled up in the defensive mindset, they really turn it. A lot of them often turn it around later and, and become the fantasy jets. I mean, I'm looking at Took Miller, mm. Steele, Mills, like these guys who they're the ones that can do it. It runs all day. There's opportunity uh, about to appear out of just everywhere at GWS. So I'm more chips in on him. He was almost a forgiveness please candidate for me. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I, it's role yeah. to me. So it's all about what role. But that's the gets. thing. It can hurt him. Um, he can go either way. He's, he can get the plum role or he can just give him the shitty roles. It's, it, yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm big on the 17 and I'm massive on this top 10. I reckon it might be the best top 10 we've had through this. But at 17 is a bloke that we actually just started to see some magnificent signs late in the season. 
and the guard is changing at this club. So surely he becomes one of the key men in the guts and he will sit there with forward status as well. And that's Max Holmes. So big on this guy. Uh, really impressive. He's only given us the one ton so far in his 23 games, but had a blinding second half of the season. Um, so quite impressive to me and going to be even bigger as his career continues. Running power extraordinaire. Yeah, absolutely. I think everyone's in the fantasy communities penciled him in is a pretty, pretty uh, likely type for next year. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see. A lot of outside, not much, um, not much inside. So we'll see how that goes. Yep. So going all right there again, obviously, mate. Not worrying about the collection of the peel. All good. Uh, so speaking of someone that that uh, that Steve's going to absolutely love throughout his career uh, is an inside bull. Uh, only first year this year, uh, and already shown that he's got some fantasy chops. And that's Ben Hobbs. Um, Essendon actually need this style of player. Um, looks really impressive. Uh, just the 17 games, but already underway, and he's sitting at 16, Benny Hobbs. Oh, that's, that's unreal. Like, yeah, there was, there's been talk of Essendon, you know, you need a Dunkley inside ball. I think, actually, Steve, you mentioned in, in one of the chat, it's like, well, F off. They've already got, you know, got a couple, and they've drafted one with Ben Hobbs there. So he looks like a real goer, and interesting to see what the the Essendon situation. I mean, we haven't really talked about that. What's going on there? You know, congratulations to the new coach if if he's been anointed already um, <laughs> from the from the Richmond. Factory, I can't believe the they Richmond put him in. Again. I can't believe it was Hurdy. I can't oh, believe no. they've gone back down that well. <laughs> uh, next kid off the rank, and I call him Kid because his nickname is Kitty. Uh, quite surprised he was in the age demographic, mm. thinking that this bloke had been on the list for four or five years. But he was actually born in 2001, Kitty Coleman, and had his breakout year this year, and it's only going to get bigger and better. And he just finds those plus sixes just so impressive and can be a really good super coach player too because he's good at the intercept marking as well. So he ticks both type of boxes there. Average 78 this year. So for a defender... That's that's already fieldable, um, and he's only going to get bigger. Um, he's played the 33 games. He's given us two tons both this season, so a ton every 16.5 games. So quite impressive, sitting at 15, Kitty Coleman. Yeah, get around it. Yeah, like you said, only going to get better. Dan Rich is pretty long in the old tooth, and uh, the chops are there, so get around it. Absolutely. Uh, next one. Uh, very similar style of player, but there's something special about this guy, um, especially the way he runs and carries. And at the moment, he's playing in the defensive line, but he's got the potential to be a winger as well, just with the pace and the run and carry. Now, there's a few defenders at this club, so um, he's got to work for his space, but I think he's earned it this year. He's now played the 21 games. He gave us a ton this year and a few... Uh, that were very close to that level, and that's Heath Chapman. Oh, okay, I, I, I was thinking someone else, but yeah, Heath Chapman. Um, as you said, a lot of mouth to feed, but guess what, Stato? There's two flanks on each side, so he'll uh, <laughs> 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 be right going forward forever today. Like I thought you were talking about someone else in that Fremantle team, but uh, Heath Chapman is he's a solid player. But uh, I've got the other guy as my boy, slightly ahead. 
Yeah, you'll be speaking about him uh, in a a few positions time. Um, So the next one at 13 is Tom Powell. So obviously his tons come from his first year, had a real dip in his average. So it's taken him down the list a bit. But he's only played 31 games, given us two tons already and not getting a lot of time in that <laughs> midfield yet. So that big <laughs> that big stretch. Um, sorry, you shouldn't be grabbing pussies while we're doing a podcast, mate. I know you're alt-right, um, but uh, it's not something you should be doing. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you want to cover that for the listeners, Steve? Just the cat jumped on. Is the that desk. Zelda cat? <laughs> the cat jumped. Not Mrs. Fizz. Not Mrs. Is that Zelda cat? Good old Zelda. Yeah, 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 Zelda. <laughs> uh, good. So Tommy, Tommy Powell, uh, thirty-one games and his two tons, uh, with a great opportunity leading into his third season to get up higher up the rankings. Well, he's your boy, mate. That's you covered it there. Yeah, beautiful. Fair enough. Wipe your wipe your lip. <laughs> <laughs> um, at number twelve is our Adelaide player, and he started the season on fire. Two tons in the first five games. So doing a bit of Matty Rao, but he was doing it in the forward line. I think he kicked five goals first game, which is quite quite incredible. So for thirteen games, two tons. That's just right up at that data ranking, um, nice and early. And they talked about that that his potential would be huge and he showed it first season. That's Joshua Shelley. Yeah, he's going to be absolute gun. Um, they're going to have a pretty good midfield going forward. You've got Laird, Keyes, Rochelle, Saligo, um, plenty of plenty of opportunity there. Um, he's going to be that. I reckon he's going to be the, mid, the hybrid. He's going to be a mid-forward. Or forward yep. mid, sorry, I should say. Uh, so he's going to be a quality pick for the next ten years. Like good, good pickup. Yeah, yeah, and it's incredible. Only played the thirteen games in his first season, but he actually saw a fair bit of mid time as well. So when the team was a little bit down, they'd put him in there for a quarter, and he sort of certainly racked it up. So uh, quite yeah, John impressive. Rolf had him for uh, so rising star as well at one stage. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, so number eleven uh, is a, is a person that's been sliding down the the leaderboard. This is uh, his last year in here, and the first time he's outside the top ten. And it's just because uh, he hasn't really delivered since the start of his career. Played thirty nine games, given us five tons and two big ones as well. So two ceiling games, but they were all within his first four weeks. That's Matt Rowe. Look, it's a team-first culture up at the Suns. Uh, we don't worry about possessions. This isn't me being salty. And if I was being salty, it'd uh, be tastier than Matani chicken salt. Don't worry about that. It's just a bad product from a bad, bad state. Um, yeah, no, look, there's, there's, there's warning bells. I think you probably forgive Matt Rowell's whispers of OP, but, um, yeah... I'm a bit worried. The outside game's pretty bad. Not being able to top three marks in a game's pretty horrendous. Uh, so there's 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 warning bells. Uh, maybe he's just that Jacob Hopper type, the bull who um, is still rosterable in fantasy, but they're just not the stud. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, next, so we're hitting the top ten now. These are just magnificent players in here. Um, there's one that's a workhorse. The rest are just uber talented. 
Uh, at number 10 is a player that's that's already become elite. In fact, in classic, I was hot on him early in the season, didn't jump on, and I regret it because his second half of the season was just magnificent. A defender averaging 88 in his third season is just remarkable um, and he's given us three tonnes and one ceiling game out of his 33 games so far. This man's a jet. This is Hayden. Yeah, absolute bargain. Absolute steal for me in the home league draft this year. I think we've got him around 21, 22. Absolutely smashed it. Uh, I think he averaged 90 in the Murdoch ball. Huge games. Absolutely huge games on that side. He does it all. Possessions, racks up the pill, intercept, mark, kick, handball. Does it all. Um, only thing was questions on his body, but I think he played every single game this year. So throw that out the window and, and watch him go off the draft boards pretty early for first or second defender in D1 or D2. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, at number nine is a person we all think actually was a mature age recruit. Uh, in fact, he was just 12 months over the, the draft age when he got picked up midway through last year um, on um, and by the person that ended up being his senior coach, identified him, uh, had a really good year this year to uh, to cap off a really good start to his career the year before. He's actually given us six tonnes in his 28 games, so that's a tonne every 4.7 games. Really quite impressive. He's the workhorse. It's John Newcomb. Yeah, I think he was um, on the Black Booker show last year. So, uh, yeah, look, it's all there. It's, I think we spoke about it on one of the other shows. It's a really interesting mix there. He, he like, you got Ward, you got uh, McDonald, you still got some of these other uh, veteran players who are still quality players. So I'll be really interested to see how they juggle that if someone's on the outer. Um, yeah. Does he have the ceiling? Interesting times. Inter- gun player. Gun player. What a player. Yeah, and, and be interesting to see. I've probably seen more of a super coach player as, as time goes on because he's going to be that inside bull. Yeah. yeah. Okay, at number eight, only played five games and he finds himself in the top ten, but there's a reason for it. He gave us a ton and a pretty bloody big ton at that. Um, he's been holding back. The club's looked after him. Uh, he comes from... Uh, our own Gold Coast sons, it's Elijah Holland. Yeah, I think we spoke about him on one of the other pods there uh, last week or the week before. Absolute gun, had the injury concerns, probably could have gone top three picks, but um, good replacement for Isaac Rankin and probably better, to be honest. Um, buys into the team the team culture up there. Jew loves him. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, get on board from next year. Should hold, And should hold... DPP for majority of his career, I'd reckon. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, next at number seven is another first-year player. Just so impressive in his first year. Um, and unfortunately, I bloody sold him in a dynasty to try and win a premiership, but uh, didn't work out. But I've got him in every other keeper possible, and this guy is going to be an absolute superstar. Uh, given us two tons in his first 14 games, including a, a massive ceiling game. Um, and that's Josh Ward. Yeah, wild. He was uh, he, he was candidate for the for the Black Booker show, but he's probably just too popular already. So, uh, yeah, sky's the limit. Really, that, he's that sort of player. Yeah, absolutely. At number six, um, this guy was sort of a rookie last year, 
but really stepped up this year, took it to another level, averaged 89 um, uh, in the midfield. Just so impressive for the Swans. Uh, he's given us nine tonnes out of his 35 games. So he's given us a tonne every 3.9 games, which is just quite incredible for a young player, and that's Chad yeah, Warner. he is an absolute jet. You know you're doing well when they tag you in your second year, like... You just you just yeah. watch him play, and you can just, you know when you just watch a play and you think gun like it's like watching TFG. Um, he's just you know, absolutely brilliant for the next decade and so, and he's going to be right up there. Like, and he's going to be a really interesting one to rank and see where he goes off the draft next year. I'm I'm pretty keen for him. And, yeah, and I'm really interested to see what type of ceiling he's going to have because he just. He wills himself through a contest, breaks tackles, and and actually gets on the mm. scoreboard. So he actually kicks a lot of goals for a midfielder. So be really interesting to see what his ceiling ends up becoming. So it looks impressive Absolutely. so far. Um, so if that continues, who knows? The sky's the limit. Um, next one um, is just an absolute little jet. Uh, only second year of footy. And he burst out in the scene in his first year. So impressive. Uh, he's given us seven tons out of his first 39 games. So he's played 39 games out of a possible 44 at the start of his career. He's given us a ton um, every 5.6 games and shown us a massive ceiling. I think it was 140 or 150 score this year that he actually got. And it's uh, Errol Goulden. Uh, another Sydney Swan player looks really impressive forward status. Yeah, that forward status is going to save his bacon. Um, yeah, look, he's a super player. I think we, he was a trading target for us uh, around the halfway. He wasn't doing particularly well, but they had that just great stretch of matchups in the back half of the year, Sydney, and, and Goulden's certainly someone who could take advantage of that. What a, what a talent. Yeah, absolutely. Um, next one actually could be number one if he just got more opportunity. Um, so we're seeing a, a ceiling from him already, uh, but we're just not getting him um, to actually have all the opportunities he should be getting. But in his fourth season heading into, I, I think he'll be potentially the number one mid for his club, and that's Tom Green. He's given us 10 tonnes out of his 44 games. So that's simple maths, uh, a tonne every 4.4 games, and that's not always being in the midfield. Massive growth with an average of uh, 85 this year and a career average of 83. So he's shown how much he can he can touch the Yeah, pit. he's going to be an absolute star. And actually sort of pushed out Jacob Hopper that, for that midfield midfield spot they they were fighting it for a bit and if you kind of look at Tom Green like he's still got that sort of like adolescent puppy fat on him like once he another preseason or two in the gym when he just bulks up he is going to be an absolute jet sort of tapered off at the end of the end of the season but um preseason's under his belt where he can run out seasons he's going to be like Warner absolute gun of that next generation of young kid midfielders I mean, to me, in most formats, he is just so high up in the ranking. If Bruin, Taranto and Hopper all leave, you've just oh, got to be late all in on Tom yeah. Green next year. Do you, Steve? Was, uh, well, he's my good vibe on the Good Vibe show. Well, there you go. That's how good vibe he's got. Is he got. my keeper team? Probably. 
Yeah. Not good, not, not good for the old boys. Yeah, finally. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful Don't movie. Dog on. me on a pick this year, Stato. You dog me every year. <laughs> you <laughs> cheap bastard. Um, number three is a bloke we thought was actually going to break out, but with Monday gone, uh, Blake Aker's gone. Maybe it's time, really time for, for Caleb Sarong. Can you believe this bloke? He's played 57 games and already given us 17 tonnes. He's <laughs> already scored 17 tonnes in his first 56 games with three high-ceiling scores. So this guy uh, can really put it on. He's been talk about his time on ground. Surely this is now the time that he just goes whack with a few positions opening up. So a tonne every 3.3 games. He already shown us how he can score. Caleb Sarong at number three. It's it's weird that he's here because I feel like, like I had I was pretty hot on Sarong this year and it felt like he didn't deliver. Yeah, which is madness, right? Yeah, it is. Um, Averaged eighty eight this year. I mean, yeah, it, it, it's, just, it's, I think the floors, you know, pick that floor up a bit. Yep, yep, and I think that'll come just pure with that pure opportunity. Um, more time on ground, more midfield. It's going to happen, um, and we've probably just been expecting a little bit earlier than than what it's actually happened. Um, number two, uh, going back to and sorry, there's a lot of bias in this data because it always goes back to our Gold Coast Suns. Um, number two, uh, it, it really was a, a breakout third year with an average of 98, um, 58 games. 15 tonnes so far, and three ceiling games. A very similar data to, to Caleb Sarong. Uh, the difference is his career average and this year average being 10 over just pips him over the line of uh, Caleb Sarong, and that's Noah Anderson. Yeah, absolute gun. He's got the complete game, inside-outside game, which is really good um, for the fantasy football. You've seen it with Cornelio, had the inside-outside game. Uh, even Seb Ross a couple of years ago had that inside-outside game and absolutely smashed it. And I think we spoke about it on one of the pods last week or the week before as well. Um, Anderson's had the three years of consistent football where Matt Rowell hasn't. So he sort of progressed slightly ahead of Matt Rowell, but uh, he's going to be absolute gun going forward, Noah Anderson. Yeah, absolutely. So it leaves us with the number one position, and I don't think it's a surprise to anyone who this is. First-year player, played all 22 games, has defender status, averaged 87, gave us seven tonnes and two ceiling scores. So he's given us a tonne every 3.1 games. That's the highest on this list. Uh, just remarkable season by Nick Dacos. Just unbelievable when you can, especially when you consider the teammates around him went like backwards yeah. in their scoring. He's just a freak, just he, a freak. Yeah, absolutely. Was, and where where does he go? Obviously, there's a point in his career where he moves into the midfield, and if he keeps that ability to find the ball, the space, etc., when he moves into the midfield. Um, there's just a massive ceiling ahead, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. Well, it's going to be interesting because he'll get just tagged into the ground straight away, right? Like, they have to just try to clamp him down, I would have thought, but he's a machine, just a machine. 
Mm. It's yes, funny because, no like, I was looking at Dacos and it was like, you know, when do you unload him in salary cap? And it was like, oh, halfway point, trade him around the buys. And any second half was better. Better than his like, first what? half. What? <laughs> and they, they were talking about, uh, it must have been about around 9 to around 16. They kept on talking about, oh, we just need to find a way to give him a break. So he just needs to have a rest. We just kept on playing through the season and probably play every final. Unbelievable. Unbelievable player. Incredible. So your overall view of the uh, the 22, it seems to me uh, a lot of higher potential players than what we've probably had previously. Because sometimes with the data, five, six, seven games, you can get a few that just don't feel exactly right, where Elijah Hollands is probably, and sorry, there's three in there that are low games. Elijah Hollands, um, Josh Rochelle, and Ben Hobbs in that top 17 that I really like, that I'm actually comfortable to have in any keeper going, yeah, they'll they'll come good. Yeah, no, I understand what you mean. It's sort of like in years past, you get that polter. Even if he got the games, the game style's changed so much, I don't think he'd be sitting out on the wing taking 10 marks a game. Yeah. Um, and those Fiorinis who bob in, it feels like the competition's just so much more even these days. Like, like, And, and that's probably like Adelaide fans, are, why are the media going, oh, it's sad to see Rankin leave? It's because Gold Coast have been just sh- like shit for so long like they're uncompetitive like to, if you have a more even competition you just see less of these guys like I, I don't want to put on anyone who plays AFL like obviously a talent player but you just see less of those undeserving yeah. types if that makes sense I, yeah. I don't want to be down on people like that that seems mean but um, I don't know yeah it was a good list it felt, felt a lot better Beautiful. All right. Well, that's the end of the pod. Um, that's the 22 under 22. Um, no doubt we'll get a little bit more uh, detail on some of the potential keepers once the trade is done. So it will make an impact on a few of them, especially players like Tom Green. So if three of those midfielders are cleared out um, from his space, he just shoots up. Um, not from the data set we're talking here, but shoots up on perspective of what his ceiling could be next season. I will say one thing with the forwards is I always feel we overrate them because the guys who just don't end up moving into the midfield, you, you look at Isaac Heaney, right? And we do this every single year. He might start at like, he'll start in, you know, that five to 10 forward ranking range, which is fine. But then you just get the Will Brodies of the world who just blow past them on average that you don't exactly see coming. Yeah. And Isaac Hinney doesn't do anything wrong, but he doesn't really belie his draft value because he slips back to be the F15 by the end of the year. Yeah. And sometimes like I look at these forwards and we go, oh, he's going to be a great keeper. But if they only ever end up spending 30% of the game in the midfield, which is fine, then they're not, they're not a high ceiling player as a general I mean, they're fine, but they they don't give you that captain option, that 100 player that you, you sort of look for, if that yeah. makes sense. No, absolutely. Spot on. What about you, Jono? Comfortable yeah, with the list? Yeah, pretty comfortable for the list. I know there's going to be a few haters coming out. Where's your Andy Brayshaw? Where's your Sam Walsh? You're Bailey Smith. They're exactly. too old, mate. <laughs> but they'll come too out and they saw the AFL 22 under 22. They would name there, but you know what they're like. 
Absolutely. Well, thanks everyone for, for joining us. Hope you enjoyed. Uh, we love doing this pod, so we hope you enjoyed listening oh, to it. There's Twitter questions, Dado. Oh, Twitter sorry. Twitter questions. Go for it. Uh, we got Big Cox, 22 under 22. Perfect episode to make me feel ancient on my birthday. birthday. Yeah, happy birthday, Coxie. You cheating uh, Dane. bastard. <laughs> Dane asks, who do you rate for future potential out of the following youngsters? Jai Cully, Massimo D'Ambrosio, Lukosius, Josh Dacos, or Bowie? So who was the first one? Cully is the Langy boy. He's a local. He's a local, Steve. Down from Lang Warren. Luke Parker Territory. Building tough down there in Lang Warren. Don't know. It's all about opportunity for him, whether he gets a gig or not. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the key thing. Who was second? Uh, D'Ambrosio from Essendon. Yeah, it looks good, um, but the um, the the role um, is the interesting bit. Who was next? Lukosius. Yeah, God, if he ends up being a key forward, though. He's not playing defence. No way. Yeah. Get it. Josh Dacos. going to be a solid pick. Yeah, solid. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Bowie. Opportunity. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's all about opportunity. So with asking who do we rate highest? Yeah, higher. Oof, jeez. Probably Josh Dacos <laughs> highest because you know what he's going to produce all the time, I think. Yeah, consistency's there. I, I think Bowie, the long play, mm. might be it, though. Yeah. Uh, Mini Monk, Hayden Young, surely a lock for 22 under 22. Where was he? 10? Yep. Top 10. 10. Uh, I think that's it. Oh, sorry. Pack and Sand, another cracking season. Didn't get the chocolates, but love the pod. Interested in hearing your thoughts from a deep keeper perspective on Caleb Poulter, Sam Darcy, Callan Dawson, and Tom Dirk Coring. Oh, we spoke about the first one. TDK is the interesting one, isn't he? He got dropped for Pitnet. He's showing potential, though. Yeah, absolutely. Who is, uh, Sam Darcy's going to be a uh, jet. Absolute jet. Yeah, bloody oath. How how well was yeah, he, marking? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, Probably going to get bevoed and traded to uh, Adelaide or something. It, does he end up being a forward, or is he going to be that key defender, the intercepting defender? It's going to be interesting what they do. It's either one or the other, and Norton will be the other. So it probably starts in defence and might roll forward, and other way or the other way around. That's how I see it. Because I see him as a big scorer if he's that marking defender. Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Uh, Polter. It's a game. Yeah, good. Man. There's a there's a few kids at Collingwood, um, so I want to see what happens to McRae as well because I think he's got great potential. So. And, and no doubt they're bringing a midfielder in. Mm. Um, so there's a, end up a lot of mouths to feed. The Dacos boys are sort of cementing as, you know, two of their future, one inside, one outside sort of scenario. Not the Browns, not the Browns. Uh, <laughs> Callan Dawson. Yeah, don't know enough. Fair enough. Anyway, that is all the questions we have for this week. So thank you very much, Dodo. Know a lot of work goes into the list, and uh, we absolutely appreciate it and and all the work you do on that one and for being with us, as always.
And we thank you, listeners, for being with us. Unless you're a Crows fan. <laughs> <Get fucked. laughs> See you guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Draft Doctors Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and review.